Hmm. <laughs> What's up, good people? It's time for another session of that verbal cardio, man. We back. We back in business, man. I got my co-host. Co-host extraordinaire, Water. And it even says Tony's co-host, man. Shout out to Cat, man. Yo, um, we are back. Drinking water. Living life. Staying alive. Staying hydrated. Drink more water, y'all. Do this. I, I preach this every episode, man. I want y'all deep in these cups. I want y'all deep in the cups. Not not liquor, not coffee, not tea, not fruit juices. I want you deep in these cups, man. Get in on this water, man. I want to talk about Draymond Green. Um, but first, you know what I'm saying? Got my producer extraordinaire over here. Sabrina Sif in the building. Got a meal on the ones and twos. We out here, man. Lots been going on. Draymond Green stole on Jordan Poole at practice. Just stole on him. How he did it? Oh, it was like a dive punch. Oh, really? Yeah, he dove into it. Um, Jordan Poole pushed him because you know Draymond Green walked up on him. Jordan Poole pushed him, and then he came in with the dive punch, <laughs> and then you know the hey man, the break it up, man, Who, man, get off. Um, the punch was extreme. I don't know what was said. First of all, first of all, whoever recorded the footage is trash. Whoever recorded the footage is trash. What's that Jerome talking about? Um, Jerome says, maybe a way to promote the Patreon is to have a graphic that shows the names of the patron saints in the videos on YouTube. Hey, that's a great idea. I like it. Um, whoever recorded that video though, why would why would you leak that? Why would you leak that? Because I feel like if you were there at practice, you are close to the organization. You're close to somebody there. Why would you leak that footage? What stays? What, what happens in practice stays in practice, man. You're not supposed to be seeing what's going on behind the curtain. Like who who is this saboteur? Oh. That did is like yeah I'm a I'm a I'm a I'm a put this online now nah, it's embarrassing it's embarrassing to get stole on it's embarrassing to steal on people sometimes sometimes you feel guilty you be like man I'm sorry for what I did we don't all need to be in on this now Draymond is taking a step back from the from the team for a little bit I guess to cool off or whatever but it's just like dang man what happened people forget that Jordan socked out Steve Kerr. Jordan socked out Steve Kerr in private. We didn't know about the Steve Kerr-Jordan fight. We didn't see it. There was no footage. I didn't find out about it until the Jordan documentary. I was like, oh, shit, y'all fought? Damn, never knew. Never knew that. And that's how it should be. We shouldn't be knowing this stuff. We can read about it. We can hear, yo, there's been some, you know. Some dust-ups in practice. We're like, oh, oh, dust-ups. And we let our imaginations fly. But we shouldn't be seeing it firsthand. We're like, God damn, man. If I was there at practice and I was recording, I was like, yeah, recording, I wouldn't give up the footage. 
Somebody said they got paid for that footage. I don't know how true that is. Somebody said that TMZ paid some oh, good money for it. TMZ, TMZ be paid. will pay. Yeah. yeah. If it's if it's and they know it's, they are the only ones like exclusive, yeah. or they'll pay. Oh, they. they I just be saw a rumor paying. that said it was like uh, one hundred twenty thousand or something like that for that video. Yeah. That's and good money. That's good. Yeah. That's Especially good in this, money. that's a one time check. Like one hundred twenty thousand. Like it's like oh people think like what about your career? Like I just made one hundred twenty k. Like right now. The thing is, I want to know. Who was record? They're because trying to if, find out themselves. If they work for the organization, they're probably gonna fire. If they find out, I'm sure they're gonna get fired. Hundred percent. Um, but it's like, dang man, is it worth it? Is it really worth it? Depending on what you want to do in life. If you was just hanging out, be like, yeah, you know what I'm saying. If you was just a one and done, and you just happened to be there, you was a guest of somebody else. Even if you were a guest of somebody else, you putting that person at risk. Whoever you were a guest of. But I feel like whoever was recording the video was staff. They were they were there for a reason. 120 120K. That's good money though. But the integrity of it, the 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 long lasting effects of the 120. Because 120K ain't all that. It's good money, but it's not it's not really life changing. I don't know, man. I think they was out of line. I'm like, man, you, you leave that shit in practice. But we know they'd be fighting in practice. We know it'd be some scuffles. Yeah. Some some sneakers scuffling around. Some skeet, skeet, make it all. How is it? Man, skeet, 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 make, <laughs> make it all. It's always some get off me in a fight. Make it all. It, some tussling. Do you is. ever see the Knicks tussle when you work for them? No? Let me think. It's always been like attitudes. I've seen attitudes. Yeah. I've seen a lot of attitudes behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. I've even seen a lot of attitudes from the the players of the other team with like, you know, the people in office and stuff like that. I've yeah. seen a lot of that. It's Man. a lot of that though. Because it's, it's, you know. It, it's a lot of You disrespect. think of any workplace, anywhere that you've ever worked in life. Where there's multiple people, staff, multiple attitudes, multiple personalities, multiple this, that, and the third. It's always dust-ups. It's always, I don't like this person. I don't like this. If they say one more thing to me, this is it. Every time I come in here, they got something to say. It's always something. So the NBA is no different. You got you got the front office people. You got faculty. You got staff. You got the athletes. You got the trainers. You got so many so many cooks in the kitchen, so many people. It's going to be beefs and dust-ups, and I ain't feeling this, that, and third. I'm going to strangle such and such down there, human resources, man. You just never know. Oh, excuse me? <laughs> you just never know. Fights, beef, stuff be getting messy. People be dating, messing around with the same people. It's just, it's a big shit show. HR just gotta be so stressful. Cause when you think about like HR representatives in TV shows like The Office, mm-hmm. and right now I'm watching um, the uh, God's Favorite Idiot, mm-hmm. and the HR person in that is just like annoying. Just yeah. like in the office. It's like, damn. And it sucks because the reason they're annoying is because they got to keep shit in line. Yeah. And then when shit does get out of line, it's like, oh, God. The human resources nightmare. You always hear that. Paperwork. It's a human resources nightmare. <laughs> right. So it's just, 
There's all kind of shit going on. But don't be recording and then posting the video. That's the that's the moral of the story. I uh I wish I knew you this is gonna I don't know how this is gonna sound, but mm. I wish I knew about HR earlier in my life. Because mm. I fucking needed HR mad times. Oh yeah. But I never knew that that was an option. Yeah. Isn't that weird? Mm. I've gotten hired to places that had HR. But you never But they've never presented that as an option. Yeah. Never. God damn it. And it's like, hey man, I could have used it. Yeah. <laughs> I could have I could have come really... on down the human resource. Yeah. I mean, in Slorita's eyes, I would have been a snitch. I don't care. Yeah. If you would have known the reason, <laughs> you would have been snitching too, Slorita. Right. I don't even think Slorita's Slorita here. all about no snitching. Yeah, man. Um <laughs> oh. speak, speaking of snitching. Yeah. Get tested, y'all. <laughs> know your status. And if you know somebody with a with, with a tainted status snitch, let me ask you this. If you knew somebody with HIV, you knew they had it, and they was trying to hook up with people and not telling them, you snitching? Hell yeah. There's people out here with that mentality. They'd be like, hey, man, you know what I'm saying? What you doing? You got to snitch. And know your status, man. And get comfortable talking about this topic. Yes. I'm sick of y'all. Get comfortable talking about statuses, STI checks, HIV tests. Get comfortable having the conversations. This is going to be clipped. Um, (laughs) Get comfortable having the conversations, y'all. It's a lot of y'all out here. Y'all just smashing. You're dating. You're messing around. You're hooking up. One night stands. Smashing. Whatever. It's cool. It's in the moment. It's spontaneous. But you don't know. You don't know. You're putting yourself at risk. And we've all been there. We've all fumbled. We've all dropped the ball. We all went raw. We all had condoms break on us. A lot of us got lucky. It's like, whew close one you know what i'm saying but a lot of people won't even have the conversation you hooking up with people all the time you just met them or you've been talking to them you don't know their status you don't even bring up the conversation you don't even ask them when their last test was you don't even know you just like yeah you know what i'm saying it was just a good time they was cute or whatever all right bring up the bring it up talk about it and don't be scared man what what what's the worst thing what what you gonna lose Let's say you bring it up. Yeah, when was the last time you got tested? One, if they get offended, if they get defensive, that's a red flag for you. Oh, you defensive about this? Oh, hell no. I should definitely not, you know, put you inside of me or go inside of you. You know what I'm saying? That's red flag city. Or they could be like, all right, yeah, I respect that. Nobody ever, because a lot of people won't. In my dating history, nobody has ever brought it up first. Nobody. And I'm just like, man, y'all just really just be... Okay. I'm the only one. That's what it felt like. And I'm just like, man, y'all really just be out here not having the hard-hitting conversations. Wild business. But know your status. HIV tests are easy to get now. You can take it home now. You can get a rapid HIV test. You ain't got no excuse. And that ignorance is bliss shit, horse shit. Don't you do that. Now, if I don't know, you know what I'm saying? Hey, I didn't know. You're putting people at risk. Know your status. Because your ignorance is bliss can shatter somebody's life forever. You want to be on the other end of that? 
You know, I just I just never got around. I just never bothered. I ain't think nothing was wrong. There's people out here with these mentalities, and they'll lie to you too. Don't be taking nobody's word for nothing. They'll be straight up lying. And if you're in a monogamous relationship, get tested still every six months, every year. Don't be leaning on the fact, no, we good. You might not be. Always, man. And I'm pissed off I got to have this conversation because y'all don't be talking about it. Y'all be acting like shit ain't out here no more. Y'all be seeing the commercials like, man, we good. Nah, man, we ain't good. It's dope that HIV is no longer a death sentence. That's amazing. But know your status. Know what's going on. Know you who, who you getting up in. Stay on point. Stay on point. And don't be scared to talk about it. Because a lot of people are scared to talk about the stuff because they be like, if you talk about it, they feel like you got something. Man, forget all that, man. You know what I'm saying? Talk about it. Chop it up. It ain't went nowhere. COVID came out and was like, man, look at it. You push HIV to the side, man. It's still here. Big time. Hmm. Remember that, y'all. There's people out here drinking blood. Yeah, I've been watching Domer. Watch out. All right, I'm logging off of the Instagram. Y'all want to see the rest? Join the Patreon, man. Um, so... Y'all know uh, Irv Gotti been talking about Ashanti Tough. He's just been running his mouth. Well, she finally mentioned it on a on a song on a remix song with Diddy, and she was just like, you know what I'm saying? Come on, man. She can, she finally like addressed it. I'm gonna pull up the lyrics. I haven't heard the song, but hold on, I gotta I gotta plug my laptop in. Talk to me. Ashanti is fine as fuck. Um. 10 out of 10 would hit multiple times. Um, I would have shaved that uh, little sideburn for her and everything. I'd be like, come here, baby. Let me get that for you. If she wanted, you know, if she wanted to keep it, that's fine. I don't care. Um, I don't know if I would drink her bath water. You're not taking a sip? I might. I'll I'll go in it. It's like a quick. No. I don't think so. You're not going to do the biblical. I'll fight Irv Gotti, though. I'll fight Irv Gotti, man. Keep my Soft, keep man. my wife's name out your fucking mouth. <laughs> you ain't about to shanty, man. You can't take a sip. I'm a, I mean, she just got in it. I'm, I said I said I don't know. Yeah, I got to be in the. The fact that you got to think, though. I mean, it's just I'm picky about my water. I really, what if it tastes like Arrowhead? Oh, <laughs> it might. It might taste like Arrowhead. No disrespect to Ashanti. I love you. I'll do anything, but I don't know about that. <laughs> I would do anything. <laughs> and you're not a fan of room temp. Room temp either. It's gonna be and it's gonna be warm. Yeah, it's gonna be super warm. It's gonna be warm. But she just got in it. But she just got off stage. Oh God. <laughs> just so many things to factor in, and then you know she wears like a whole bunch of like oils and mm. lotions so it's gonna also taste like that and that never tastes good and you're gonna see the oil residue yeah on the on top the water itself the oil yeah, yeah. it's a I lot know. of stuff to think about when you talk about drinking somebody's bath water it's I know. a lot of it's a lot of things to consider there is but it's a shanti but it is a shanti that's why i would think about it other yeah. people i'm not so sure yeah like just but i'll think about it <sighs> Ugh. 
I don't know. <sighs> you got to do the <sighs> after. So she said in the song, it's a song, uh, single alongside Bryson Tiller and City Girls, Young Miami. It's a song called Gotta Move On. And she says, given obsessed, it's giving you stressed, it's giving you pressed, it's giving this nigga missing the best, but it's been 20 years, please cry less, we can see you and your tears. It's what she said on the track. And, you know, I'm glad she said something back, man, because he's just been talking reckless. So she said her piece, man. Said her little piece. The bars is trash. Now, mind you, I'm sure she's singing. Oh, right, right. She's not, she's not rapping, y'all. So this, then why didn't you sing it to us? Huh? Why didn't you sing it to I, us? Because I, I didn't want to mess up the melody. Like, I haven't heard the song. I don't know what the song sounds like. Maybe if I heard the song, I could sing it back to you, but <laughs> I'm just reading off the thing. I want you to sing it next time. Because I'm like... <laughs> Go ahead. Just make up a melody. No, nah, man. You, know <laughs> you can't put Tony on the spot. It's giving obsessed. Look at him. It's giving obsessed. Yes. Nah, man. Yes. Know, man. Come on, bitch. It's doing giving it. obsessed. Ooh. It's giving stress. Ooh. That no, I feel like it's you... giving stress. Ooh, it's giving stress. Ooh, you better hit that. It's giving you press. Ooh, bitch. It's giving this nigga missing the best. Period. <laughs> I don't know how they sing it. I don't know how this song. But sounds. you know what? It sounds better. It did sound better. You know what I'm saying? You gotta put the you gotta put the singing on it. Yeah, that's what it's it is. giving you stressed. Who uh. said, please stop, man? Slarita, you a hater, man. Slarita's Ain't nothing ever good enough for you. Man, well, we should block him, but keep his $5 every I'll month. I'll be telling, I'll be threatening <laughs> to block him every time, man. Keep his $5 every month, but block him. <laughs> he always on the blocking block. I'll be waiting. It's giving you stressed. What if this song really sounds like that? It could. When it comes out. It, it could. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, man, Shanti fired back, man. She was like, man, look, man, I'm gonna say my little piece. Hush, just hush as a man. Be quiet. So there's a uh there's a movie executive, well, uh, a film company executive that uh her name is Donna Langley. She is the chairman of Universal Film Entertainment Group. She's the first British woman to run a major American film studio. So she wants to send Tom Cruise into space. <laughs> so Tom Cruise pitched her an idea over a Zoom call about a movie where he has to go, he has to go to like the the space station up there to save the world or whatever. Just like a loose pitch or whatever. And, but, you know, they were talking about, like, actually sending him up there so he could be, like, the first, you know, civilian to do, like, a spacewalk up there in the astronaut suit, the whole shebang. And I'm like, of all people to do this for a movie, you goddamn right it's going to be Tom Cruise. You goddamn right it's going to be Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise... Need to change his name to going the extra mile. Tom going the extra mile is his name, man. He gonna go the extra mile. 
He is out here. He gonna do it all. I call him. I call him the American Jackie Chan all the time. He is the dude. It's just going to be like, yeah, you know, I was really up there, you know, in space, walking around. We went to the moon, and you know, and uh, I was up there for about three months just to get ready for the role. I'm like, Tom, you don't have to go to the, the moon for real. We wanted to get the shots just right, so we did a real shuttle. We blasted off. We landed on the moon for the movie. That's Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise is going to do whatever it takes for the shots to look dope, and it's going to be him in there. It's going to be him in the shuttle, flying the shuttle, landing on the moon, and coming back. It's going to be him. And we're going to be right there like, man, they got the shots. So if this movie gets greenlit, I have no doubt Tom Cruise is actually going to go through with this. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, Tom Cruise is going up there. He's going up there. And that's scary. Like we be we romanticize and like think about man, what's it like to be an astronaut? That's some scary shit in real in real thought and real life. To actually get on a rocket, pray that there's no malfunctions, excuse me, on the takeoff. Then you gotta get up there and survive. You gotta do everything just right. So cause one false move in space, you're dead. You're dead. One false move, you're out of here. One wrong button, you done decompressed the air. You got no oxygen in the thing. You landed wrong. You're coming in wrong. The atmosphere just cooked you alive. There's so many ways to die in space travel. So the fact that you got the guts enough to get in that little rocket and go up top, that's crazy, man. But Tom Cruise is crazy. Tom Cruise is willing to do anything for this. So I have no doubt in my mind, that he would go the extra mile and go up there and put on a space suit. And then he'd be the only actor that's ever done that. He sure hired out Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> what are you really doing for these roles? Um, Christian Bale said about Leonardo DiCaprio that a lot of actors owe him because of the roles he's turned down. Christian Bear was like, man, I appreciate Leonardo for turning down these roles because a lot of these movie studios, they go to Leonardo first. And so it makes sense because here's what Leonardo has. He has the looks. He has the acting ability. So he can do action. He can do drama. He can do whatever. I don't know if they come to him for comedies, but they probably do. Um, so you know they're going to be, man, if we can get Leonardo, if we can get Leonardo, who wouldn't want to have Leonardo attached to any project they're doing? Then they, then they start trickling down. All right, who else can we get? Who else can we get? It's all about the script turndowns, man. It's all about that right there. Um, Going back, circling back to Diddy. Diddy has been, uh, he's been coming up a lot. Like, you know, him dating one of the city girls. Um, Diddy is always under fire. The thing between him and Mace has just been ongoing for a while. It's like, you know, Diddy was on The Breakfast Club and he was just saying like, yo, man, I'm an upstanding businessman. You know what I'm saying? They got me out here. They slandering my name. 
And like, you know, because the cats have come to Diddy and like, yo, you owe us money, you owe us money, you owe us money. Remember the locks? That was that was infamous. When the locks wanted off bad boy, that was an event. They was really out here campaigning like, yo, free the locks. Styles throwing chairs and everything. So Mace has all has long been saying that Diddy owes him money. Diddy owes him money. Diddy owes him money. But Diddy said, Diddy was like, Mace owes me money. Mace owes me $3 million. He gave an exact total. <laughs> he was like, Mace owes me $3 million. He was like, Mace only did one album with Bad Boy. And so, so I looked it up. I was like, man, let me do the research, man. Let me, let me dig in this again, man. Let me get my beak wet on this. He claimed Mace only did one album with Bad Boy. I thought that Mace had a couple albums come up under Bad Boy. Let's look at the discography. Now, mind you, Mace only has three albums to his name. So the album Double Up is on Bad Boy. Now, mind you, Double Up didn't do nearly as well as Harlem World. Um, Double Up came out. It sold 350,000 copies first week. I feel like those numbers ain't accurate. Wikipedia would be lying, by the way. Um, Because anybody can make a Wikipedia page, but I don't think that's accurate for the first week. And then he did Welcome Back. Welcome Back is also on Bad Boy. What is Diddy talking about? He lying, bro. Diddy's, I mean, Mace has three albums on Bad Boy. So I'm confused on how he just did one album for... You know, bad boy. I don't get that. I don't. I don't know what he what he meant by that. And he was saying that Mace owes him three million dollars. I was under the impression that from what Diddy said, it was like, all right, he put out Harlem World, and then we gave him the advance for Double Up, and then he just kind of flaked on Double Up. But then if he came back for Welcome Back, I'm just like, man, what's going on? So I don't know, man. But remember when some of y'all might be too young, some of y'all right in the pocket. Remember when Diddy and Mace was that duo? Remember when Puff Daddy and Mace was just killing it? They was just like, can't nobody hold me down? That shit was fire. You know what I'm saying? It's like, man, they're going to be together forever. This is bad boy for life. You know what I'm saying? Remember when you were young and naive and you thought these, these rappers and these crews were going to be together forever? You thought bad boy was just out here forever. They ain't never, they ain't never gonna rift. Death Row, Bad Boy, they gonna be out here, no limit. Rockefeller, they out here, man. It's a movement for life, man. Get it tattooed on yourself. Then come to find out, you know, they got beef, they got riffs. You never paid me my money, man, man. Fuck you, man. Hey, man, watch out, man. Grab me, hold, man. Get off. All these crews bickering. Because we didn't know about the business of music. We were just fans. We were just like, yo, they always going to be a crew. They always going to be making music. They always going to be doing this. And then we come to find out Mace just retired. Mace was like, I'm out, y'all. Which is something I always wondered about. Harlem World was 1997. It's something I always wondered about. I was just like, why did Mace really walk away from the game? You know what I'm saying? I don't know if it's purely Christianity. 
But I I wanted to know because he left. Now, granted, Double Up flopped overall. Double Up flopped compared to Harlem World. But it was like he left when he was he was up there, man. He was at a high level. And you don't normally see that. You don't normally see artists just dipping out when they on top. So I don't know, man. I've been hearing different things and like, you know what I'm saying? He was, he was kind of, you know, threatened out or whatever, but I don't know. But I always wondered like, man, why would he just, you know? And the music industry, I get it. The music industry is evil, but here's the thing. Mace keeps coming back to the music industry. So that's when it gets tricky. Like, you know, if he was like, yo, I'm going to be a pastor, Christianity, whatever, and then he stayed in that pocket now, but like, yo, he really was like, you know, I'm going with Christ. But the fact that he keep coming back to music and then dipping again, coming back, dipping, it was just like, hmm, what's really going on? And I feel like you can you can be in the music business and be a uh, a Christian or whatever. You know, there's a lot of, you know, gospel artists out here too. So it's just like, but is is Diddy really ripping these artists off, man? Not getting their money right. I want to know. I want to know the ins and outs. I want to see the books. I want to see the books. That's why I'm glad I do stand-up comedy, man. That's why I'm glad I do stand-up comedy, man. Just let me, give me control of my own career. Now, mind you, you know, you put out a comedy album, you might you might uh, get involved in a raggedy-ass record deal for your comedy album or whatever, but I'm glad I do this. I can just be like, yo, I'm here this weekend. Come see me. And it all just depends on y'all and me. That's a good living. Also, um, going off topic to just the pressure being off as an actor and stuff like that. T.J. Miller was on uh, the Adam Carolla show. T.J. Miller, if you're not familiar with T.J. Miller, he's a stand-up comedian. He was in both Deadpool movies, and he's from Silicon Valley. Not he's from Silicon Valley. He was on the show, Silicon Valley on HBO. So he was saying that Ryan Reynolds, he thinks Ryan Reynolds hates him. And he was just like, um, I just think Ryan Reynolds hates me, and... And Adam Carolla was like, why would you think that? And he was just like, well, it was just a weird energy when we were doing the second Deadpool. And he was just saying that, you know, Ryan Reynolds is a guy that he's so good looking, guys don't want to laugh at him. And girls also don't want to laugh at him. So when he was looking at him in the Deadpool makeup, he was like, all right, yeah, now now he can be really funny. And so they were having they were having like a um a scene and Ryan Reynolds wanted to do one more take. And he said when he did that one more take, he was really ripping into me and just going in. And it was just like, you know, where is this coming from? And and so even when even when they yelled cut or whatever. Even the even the crew was just like that was weird as fuck, like you know everybody was just weirded out, and so I think TJ took that as like you know him wanting to really rip into him and and then he was just like so I don't I don't think they'll 
they're not bringing me back for Deadpool 3, but I wouldn't want to do it anyway because, you know, I, I just think he hates me. And I was like, wow. And he was just saying that he mentioned like insecurity and stuff like that. And he was saying that, you know, him and his wife, you know, they have an image. They have a good public image. So, you know, underneath that, what's underneath that? And so we're just like, oh, okay. And then going forward, like, you know, when when T.J. Miller, and he said something that resonated with me, he was like, because he left Silicon Valley while the show was hot, too. He left that show, and he was just saying that, you know, I'd rather I'd rather leave a show before it gets, you know, done to death, and, like, the show faded out, everything went downhill, and you're just trying to hang on. So T.J. Miller feels that if you do things for too long, you know, it kind of it kind of hurts everything if you just keep doing it for too long. So he feels like, you know, if a show is going good, you know, and give it a few seasons, then then I'm out of there. And so he was like, and when I do auditions and stuff, the pressure's off because I can always do stand up. I can always do stand up, so the pressure's off for me to like book a gig or book a role. Because I can always just do stand-up and I can make a living off stand-up. And I was like, man, he is absolutely right. Because I was like, if I had to depend on what I could book acting-wise, I'd be stressed out here. I'd be in shambles. Because I'm at the I'm at the mercy of so many um, people. Like, when you go into an audition, you're at the mercy of so many people. The casting director, the producer, the director other actors, the name, you know, are, are you a big name? It's so many, and, and and on top of that, your performance in the room. And I was just like, man, if I had to depend on that, sheesh. And he was like, you know, and when he does like Zoom auditions or whatever, he's just like, man, I can't really get into it because I'm a comedian. Like, I, I work the room. Like, I know how to work a room. And so when you take that element out of it and we just sitting on Zoom, I'm not going to give you the same energy. And, and we were just talking about that with me. You know, we're trying to pitch a show right now. And, you know, uh, we, we were coming to the conclusion, like, you know, Zoom calls just don't give you everything. And so we want to set it up to where the people that we're pitching to can come see you at a stand-up comedy show in your element uh, doing you. And I'm just like, man, that makes so much more sense, man. Because sitting there in a Zoom, man, fuck out of here, man. It ain't the same. You're not going to get the true essence of me in a Zoom call. You know, so I, I feel like, you know, if you're trying to sell a talent, if you're trying to book a show based on a comedian, you need to be familiar with that comedian. You need to see, you need to come see him, come hear him, see how the audience responds to him, you know, see him in his element. Then you can get a better idea of, you know, who you might want to do a show with rather than just going on a Zoom call. So I was like, man, I'm feeling this right here. But I did I did think TJ Miller had some allegations. That's why I thought he left the show. But I don't know, man. I don't know. But I was very interested to hear that. I was like, because TJ Miller on Deadpool 1 and 2 was fire to me. Like the exchanges him and Ryan had were some of the best shit in the movie. In my opinion, um, so I hate to hear like, man, he ain't coming back for a third one. Cause I was like, man, he was he was a good time. In my opinion, 
you know. Um, me and Sabrina been eating at the crib. Been eating a lot of veggies, tofu. Uh, Sabrina be making these uh, pancakes, protein, man. protein powder pancakes. So good. Eating at home is just fun, man. Eating at home is just a better time. Going out is cool, but then a lot of times you be feeling it comes with guilt when you go. I don't know how y'all be viewing eating out, but sometimes it's a lot of guilt associated with it. So when you can when you can stay home and cook yourself, why not get Green Chef? Green chef uh they are a partner with verbal cardio so i'm excited and uh green chef is a ccof certified meal kit company now i don't know what ccof stands for but uh i'm sure it's, i'm sure it's something hard hitting green chef makes eating eating well i should say easy with easy plans to fit every lifestyle whether you're keto Paleo, vegan, vegetarian, gluten-free, or just looking to eat more balanced meals, Green Chef offers a range of recipes to suit your preferences. They've expanded the menu. They've gone from 24 to 30 recipes weekly. So they got 30 weekly recipes uh, with the option to mix and match meals from different uh, dietary preferences in the same box without changing your plan. For example, order vegan one day, keto the next. Add in extra meals in just one click. And they're offering customizations. They're offering more customizations than ever before with three new flavorful protein choices on the menu. Swap the protein in any meal that features chicken, beef, or salmon for USDA-certified organic ground beef, uh, organic chicken, or wild-caught sockeye salmon. I never heard of sockeye salmon. <laughs> so did they get socked out? Yes. Like, ooh. Mm-hmm. Damn. Why do they call it sockeye? Shit, I gotta Google it. <laughs> Cue that up. We're no now offering 10-minute uh, minute lunches. Each week's menu includes two convenient, low-prep, and nutritious lunch recipes ready in just 10 minutes. No cooking required. Perfect for when you're on the go or pressed for time at the office. Eat well at lunchtime, too. Man, I'll be pressed for time out here. Green Chef's exciting new ingredients, recipes, and delicious meals support a healthy lifestyle. Eat well without sacrificing taste. That's a major component because people be scared to eat healthy because they feel like it don't taste as good, man. Y'all just making excuses. Y'all just man. don't know how to season food. Basically. You know what that's what y'all like. Y'all like the taste of seasoning. Yeah, season that shit up, man. Season your healthy food. Season that shit up, man. Seasoning herbs and spices is yes. not what's unhealthy. Get in Just on that. Relax. Remember when we had Green Chef? Yeah. What did we have that night? I think we had like, it was like a pad thai. Pad thai. Yeah, that was, was a good, good time. That was a good one. I love pad thai. I the sent Green you a picture of a sockeyed salmon. Oh, you just sent the sockeye? When I tell you I would never eat that, even if I wasn't vegan. The sockeye salmon. God damn. My man looks stressed. He do. He got his mouth open too late, hey, man. Get your boy up out of here, show. <laughs> I think you have to put your hand behind it right like here. a YouTube. Like a, a Yeah, go like this. Yeah, cover your face. Oh, there he is. For those Sock who are just listening. Salmon, man. <laughs> we're showing the Look picture. at his eye prominent. Sockeye. Getting socked out. I would have never thought that's what they look like. Me neither. I'd have never, never would have thought. Sockeye salmon. Um, but yeah, man, we had the pad time. It was a good time, man. Green good. Chef. 
Green shit was easy to make. Mad easy. Everything was already prepped for me. That that pre prep is everything. Man, I wish everything was like that. Man, because the pre the the prep is just like. Ugh. Yeah. I gotta get prepped. I will say that sometimes prepping is therapeutic. I yeah. do like chopping things up once in a while. Mm-hmm. I'll be like, uh, you know, because it's all I have to focus on. Yeah, it's just the chopping, and there's no real stress in the chopping. There's right. no real nothing. You're just chopping. So there are times where I do enjoy it. Yeah, and there's other times where I think of the prep, uh-huh. and I'm like, I'm just gonna order something. So Green Chef does make it easy when you're just like. I'm just gonna order something. You just, with Green Chef, you just take everything out, throw it, throw it in the pan or throw it in the oven or wherever, whatever the right. uh, instructions call for. And they and then give boom. you thorough instructions. Thorough. Thorough. And that's a big part of it. That's a load off. Knowing that everything is already prepped and ready to go, you just got to throw it in there. Man, that's a load off. And then you be like, oh man, I'm good to go, and you feel better. You feel like, man, I got time. I got time to cook, eat. You know what I'm saying? The cleanup is going to be easy. Right now, they are offering $135 off across five boxes. Uh, The first box ships for free. That's five boxes, 50% off, plus free shipping. Then the 22% off, 22%, 22%, and then the 5%. The shipping fee of $9.99 after the first box. So, man, y'all ain't got no excuse, man. All right, go to greenchef.com slash verbal135 and use the code verbal135 to get $135 off across five boxes and your first box ships free. That's greenchef.com slash verbal135 and use the code verbal135 and get $135 off, man. Get that $135 off. Who else is giving you $135 off? Who else is giving you that much off? It's going to be hard to find, man. Get in on that green chef, man. You're going to need it. You're going to need it. Struggle Beard Bakery, man. You was talking about cookies in here? He was. I'll give you six cookies and my, what is that? Funko Pop. It's one of those little toys. Oh, for the ad. Oh, snap. Don't say, oh, snap. (laughs) You shooting your shot up in here, man. With the six cookies? Thank you, Afro, for putting the code up in there. Uh, so get in on that green chef. Um, so we got a praying mantis at the crib now. My friend. Yeah. It's Tan like having, rather. It's like having a celebrity at the house. Man. I love it. He is, he or she, probably a female, uh, is huge, by the way. The mantis is there at the crib on the side of the house. On the side of the house where I do all my little Black Widow experiences. Well, Black Widows are all around the house. So the other night I come home. I see a praying mantis uh, up by the the garage door. Not the main garage door, but the side door that leads to the trash cans. I see it on the wall. I'm like, oh, shit, a praying mantis. Okay. It's a tan one. Kind of blending in with the house. Um, So I was like, cool. And then came back the next day. I couldn't find it. Then I see the man. A lot of times, here's the thing about praying mantises. They are built for camouflage. So it works on humans. <laughs> because I will dead look for the praying mantis. I'll be like, yo, Ted Rathers, man, where you at? Looking around, I will come back shortly thereafter and see the praying mantis in the vicinity I was just looking at. And I was just, man, you was, you was on the light fixture the whole time. 
upside down. So Tan was on the light fixture all night last night. And, you know, the moths come at night. So he was just like, yeah, prime real estate. So this morning I go and check to see where Tan is. I'm like, what Tan at? Look around, nowhere to be found. I'm like, yo, Tan. And I'm just looking. I'm on the other side of the gate. I'm just looking. Like, man, Tan, where you at? Sabrina shows up at the gym. Yo, Tan Ravis is on the gate. Mm -hmm. I was like, where? And Tan Ravis was on the latch on the other side of the fence that I was looking at. So had I reached over and grabbed the latch, I'd have been, my finger would have been all in Tan Ravis' mouth. Man. Tough. (laughs) So Tan is on the latch of the gate, huge, just all on the latch. I got video of it. I got to post it. So then, you know, I'm at home. I'm getting ready to do daddy issues, verbal cardio. So I'm coming out. I'm taking the trash out. I come out, and Tan is on top of the gate now, just, oh. just on top of the gate in the middle, thirst trapping. I was like, Tan, and I got it on camera. So we got Tan Rathers. We got Big Booty Red Bottom. I got another Big Booty Red Bottom now. It's another one there now. The old big booty red bottoms disappeared, and then some younger red bottoms came out. But then there's another big booty red bottom on the side of the house. So I'm just like, so right now, I know of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven widows around the house right now. That's not including the backyard. That's just on the sides in the front. Seven black widows and a praying mantis. All at the crib. It's just straight, it's straight Jumanji at, at the crib. We got big booty red bottoms. We got tan rathers. It's it's Jumanji three. Welcome to the jungle at the crib. The only thing we missing is a snake, because we got lizards. We got lizards. All we need is a snake to show up. Goddamn bald eagle. Owl. Once I see a silverback gorilla in the in the backyard, I'm just like, we really out here. We are really out here in the community in these streets. And Tony wouldn't even call nobody if we had a silverback gorilla. Why would I even remotely call anybody? <laughs> exactly. He would just be like, well, why would why would I call the feds on a silverback gorilla in my backyard? And I'm not even mad at that because I'd be like, well, I guess we have a silverback. Just leave the cats Silver, alone. Silverback, and silverback is gonna protect us from robbery. Oh, my God, because if somebody tries to come into the house... They're going to hop the fence. Yep. And the silverback is going to be right there <laughs> looking at them. They're going to hop right back over. <laughs> like, what the fuck? But then they're going to call goddamn robbers. They can't come, man. They're criminals. I know. They, they just got to take that L. They better not. Take that L, man. Hell yeah. I'm oh, loving it. I would love that. I just pictured it. Him yeah. just sitting there. The silverback Chewing, the eating our... I would our bring green. out fruit baskets. Yeah. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? You know how they just be chewing and yep. looking into space, looking spaced out. And like, you want to come in? They're like, nah, out here. Mm-hmm. I don't know where they're going to the bathroom at, though. Shit. I don't know where that's happening. Mm. What if they? that's the only time they come in? They come in, they use, use the, the guest bathroom for something. I'm with it. If I could have a silverback gorilla just living in the backyard, could come in for the dump, mm-hmm. I'm good with that. Mm-hmm. Now he has to come in for the pee too, though. We don't know what that smell like. Yeah, it's true. And the whole backyard smelling like gorilla piss. Yeah. That was like, damn, your house smell like gorilla piss. Damn it. Yeah. He's only in the backyard. Come on, they knock on the knock on the window. 
They cool with the cats. Mad cool. They love the cats. Sometimes we come home midnight right in there. Yeah. In the arms of a gorilla. I'm with it. I am with it. It could be fertilizer. That's a good point. Um, You got a Lizzo Enough. Oh, man. Shut up. (laughs) Stop talking about Lizzo's body. Who cares? She's literally be minding her business. Yeah. And every day a new person, usually a man, I don't know, has something to say about her. Yeah. And it's like, just shut the... Sh- enough. We get it. She's fat. She knows. Yeah. She's She she actually talks about it. She yeah. mentions it. She good. Mm-hmm. She not concerned with you. She not hitting. You not hitting. It's fine. Just yeah. shut up. <laughs> I'm tired of every day a new a new person is like Lizzo's fat. Duh. We have eyes. We see it. She sees it. She has a mirror. <laughs> she looks back on her videos. She knows she's fat. Shut up. She embraced it. She embraces it and it's and she's not promoting being fat. She's promoting being comfortable in the body you have at the moment. Mm-hmm. And at the moment she a big girl, but she be working on it. She be trying to eat good. She goes to the gym. But in the process of getting to a better space or to wherever she wants to be, she's embracing who she is right now. And that's where we all need to be. I need everyone to embrace your body and where you are right now in your journey. And I know it's hard because I was there. But there was a point even now, like when I'm not really feeling myself, I mean, I'm not really feeling myself, but I'm fine as fuck. And that's fine. You can do that. Embrace where you are at the moment in your journey. And that's what she is promoting. She's promoting don't hate yourself just because you're not exactly where you want to be. Love yourself and know you're on the way. Right. So I just want everyone to shut the fuck up. Leave her alone, man. She's like, yo, I be minding my business. Yeah, she does. She said, (laughs) I'm minding my big, black, fat, beautiful business that's what she said <laughs> i love it <laughs> and so she's like man just keep my name out your mouth i'm tired yeah, yeah. and i feel focus her. on the music y'all yeah and, and she can sing it's not like you that's all you got right she's she's very talented she's super talented general. she's like classically trained to play instruments and stuff like who's that's doing crazy. and she could sing like the notes she'd be hitting like she could do broadway yeah she could do pop she can do it all. Right. So all they have is damn. Like, Jeez. I feel like it's a thing like, why are you so confident? You shouldn't be so confident, mm. so successful yep. because we're trained to feel like people like you don't deserve success. Yeah. You deserve to be hidden away and shamed and felt and feel ashamed. And she's like, nah, I have way too much fucking talent and I'm way too dope. And you're not about to make me feel a certain way. And I feel like everyone needs to look at that and embrace that. We get it. You don't like fat people. I also don't think representation means promotion. Exactly. That's the problem that a lot of people seem to get upset about. When they see somebody that is like how she is and they're thinking that you're promoting this kind of thing. It's like, I'm just me. Right. It's literally, I'm just me. just me. living. I'm I'm existing. I'm literally, this is is how I am. Right. And I also saw somebody tweet that said, Name a disease that fat people get that anybody else can't get. And I was like, well, <laughs> right. we all get the same shit no matter right. what. Right. 
it might be the risk factor is played into your weight or anything like right. that. That's a right. that's a different story. But we all could get fuck around and end up with the same it. thing. Yeah. It don't matter. We can get diabetes. We can get cancer. The whole shebang. Bad knees, arthritis, all that. Man, and it's like there's just it's just so many things. Like metabolism plays a part. Mm-hmm. There's some people with insanely high metabolism that are their insides. They look fit skinny great to those people's mentalities like right. on the outside but the inside they're dying they're hanging on by a three they get heart disease literally dying but they just have fast metabolism and then there's people with extremely slow metabolisms that can eat once a day yeah and still be considered overweight right so it's like nobody thinks about that nobody like there's a lot that needs to be done for certain body types in order to get into a certain shape Mm -hmm. so we can't just look at somebody and automatically assume the worst and we can't look at somebody who is proud of being who they are as everyone should be like me right that's not what she's saying Mm -hmm. she's just saying everyone needs everyone deserves to be confident and it's true that's Everyone facts. deserves to be confident. Everyone deserves to be happy with who they are mm-hmm. at any stage of in life. Even if you're failing, just be proud and be happy to know that, okay, I may be failing right now, but I have what it takes to get out of this and succeed later. And mm-hmm. like whatever the case may be, no matter where you are in life, it's, it's eventually either going to get better or you're going to be strong enough to wake up the next day and keep going and do what you got to do and just be happy. And I feel like that's what Lizzo's all about. So, man, shut up. Hush. So that's what that was about. Enough. Hush. Sick of it. Man, you know what? You know what would really break my heart? If you went on a podcast and it was like, Tony Baker talks about Lizzo. Because that's what it, it keeps coming out every week. I got a I got an interview with uh, Comedy Hype next week. Oh, I'm gonna talk about Lizzo. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna talk about Lizzo next Man. week on Comedy Hype. Hell no! Uh, I'm gonna be like, I ain't feeling nothing. I rock with Lizzo, man. Yeah, she just be chilling. I rock bro. with it. She be chilling. I I mean, I still got beef with the whole not wearing socks to the gym thing, oh, but yeah, you know that's, that's disgusting. That's the only thing I I truly got beef with. And then like her putting her bare ass on a NBA chair. Oh, when she was courtside. When she was courtside. That yeah. was the only thing I was like. That's the only thing. That? Yeah, that's like. Because it's just it, no matter who, it's just like come on, yeah. bare butt. Common courtesy, man. But I mean, if that's the only strike, ain't got no reason. To yeah, like yeah. You know what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, you also have here that. So Damon Wayans and Damon Wayans Jr. are doing a show together on CBS, and I'm excited. Uh, I'm a fan of both of these guys. Um, grew up, you know, I grew up on Damon Wayans. He, that is the guy that I was just like, yo, this dude right here is funny, man. And so, you know. Um, his son, I always wanted them to work together. I was like, man. So to find this out that they're doing a show together, I think I'm excited. And I think it's, I think whatever they cook up, I think it's going to be a hit. So I'm looking forward to it. I'm not sure what the premise is of the show, but I'm all in, man. I am all in. Count me in, man. And I want to be on it, man. Let me be on the episode. Let me pull up one good time. And, uh, 
And I always love to see, you know, uh, Big Damon working. Because I don't know if Damon Wayans, at any moment, he'll be like, man, fuck this shit. Damon Wayans Sr. is very much, fuck this shit. So, you know, the fact that he came back, I was like, oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Keep him here. Keep him here. Because I know he doesn't like to travel a lot as far as touring because, you know, he's 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 older now, you know, diabetes and stuff like that. So hoping that he can find something that's less physically demanding than uh, his work on Lethal Weapon. When he was doing the Lethal Weapon uh, show, that's an action show. They shooting in different locations. They all over the place. And I'm not sure how this CBS show is going to be structured, but I'm pretty sure it's going to be multi-cam. Multi-cam means that they can shoot on a set, on a sound stage or whatever. So if you think of shows like Everybody Hates Ray- Everybody Loves Raymond, <laughs> King of Queens, uh, even new shows like The Neighborhood, those are multi-camera shows. So, you know, they can show up and, you know, one location, they shoot in different episodes. So I think that's a better workload on Big Damon than having to go all over different locations throughout the city. You're doing action scenes, you're doing stunts, you're doing all of this. So I'm all for it, man. You know, I'm a big fan of the Wayans family, so I'm all in on this. And, you know, everybody always asks, Who, who's the funniest Wayans or who's your favorite Wayans? For me, is Big Damon. You know, no disrespect <laughs> to the rest of the family, but, you know, no disrespect to Keenan and Marlon and Sean and Damon Jr. and Shante and Craig and Mike. Uh, <laughs> they going to go back to the HBO special and, and take Kim, your part out. They going to take it out. They're take him out. <laughs> they going to take him out, man. But even, even Marlon would be like, I get it. You know, it's Damon for me was... You know, I feel like my intro to him was either I'm going to get you sucker or it was uh, Robert Townsend's partner's grind. Actually, my intro to them was Hollywood Shuffle. And in Hollywood Shuffle, you know, uh, Hollywood Shuffle featured both Keenan and Damon in that movie. And uh, Keenan Ivory Wayans actually helped write uh, Hollywood Shuffle. So Keenan had a prominent role in Hollywood Shuffle. He he played the uh, the co-worker at the Winky Dinky Dog place that was hating on Robert Townsend, trying to pursue his acting dreams. Keenan also played uh, Jerry Curl Jenkins. And so and Jerry Curl Jenkins in that sketch, <laughs> he was a murder suspect of Cookie Head Jenkins. So... <laughs> And I know these names sound ridiculous, but that was all part of the it was all part of the sketch. He was watching the detective show, and Jerry Curl Jenkins was the suspect in the case. Everybody, don't stop. Do the Jerry Curl. And anyway, Damon Wayans was in that sketch. He was one of the dudes that Robert Townsend's detective character was hemming up for information. And Damon was like, you can follow the empty activated bottles to his crib. And uh so then after Hollywood Shuffle comes, I'm going to get you sucker. And that, you know, was written and directed by Keenan, of course. And Damon Wayans was in there. He was one of the henchmen, him and Kadeem Hardison. And it was always the, the tough guys sent in to rough people up and just be rough. But they was always getting their asses kicked. And it was just like, yo, you could take you could take the window or the stairs. And, you know, they would pick the stairs and they would just get knocked down the steps or whatever. And, that whole dynamic was mad funny. He was mad funny to me. And then, 
So I'm watching Robert Townsend's Partners in Crime. So he has a lot of people from Hollywood Shuffle. He's got people from I'm Gonna Get You Sucker all of within this joint. And they were also doing stand-up. So I see Damon Wayans do stand-up. And I'm seeing him in these movies as well. And he was also in like, you know, Beverly Hills Cop and Colors or whatever. And then it was just like, yo, this dude's funny. And then once In Living Color came out, his characters to me stood out. They made me laugh the hardest. Like uh, the Homeboy Shopping Network, Men on Film, Anton, Handyman. Homie the Clown is my favorite In Living Color character of all time. Like if I had to sit and rank my favorite in living color characters homie the clown is my number one favorite character just because he was a clown he was sick of the bullshit he wasn't for the fun and games but he was because he was a clown but he wasn't for the fun and games and he was not letting these kids punk him and it was just like yo this character is perfect i always wanted the homie the clown movie because he was just no nonsense serious business he was just like man shut up man he would hit them kids over the head, and I was dying every time. And Damien was that dude that used all the big words and shit that was, that was an inmate. Hilarious. So I was just like, man, Damien is like my favorite. And then once he branched off and started doing his own thing, I was supporting everything he did, whether it be a TV show, movies, all of that. So I've just been a huge fan. And he is one of the few... He is one of the few celebrities that when I get around them, I get like, uh, I guess nervous or whatever. Or like shy. Giddy. I get like quiet and I just be like, yeah. I don't be knowing what to say. And like, you know what I'm saying? Everybody else, I'm I'm cool. But with him, it's just like, <laughs> it's Damon, man. You know what I'm saying? So, and he'd be talking to me regular, but I just be like, yeah, you know. Just. <laughs> <laughs> That's adorable. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so I'm glad they're doing a show together. And, you know, Damon Jr. is my friend. So it's just like. Yo, I love Damon Jr. Oh, man, he's great. Like, Damon Jr. is so funny to me. His stories. Oh, man. If, uh, if you don't follow Damon Jr., please follow Damon Jr. He's a good just follow watch on his media. stories. And he can draw. Yeah. He's talented. He draws his out. He'd be like little doodle. I'm like, mm-hmm. get the fuck out of here. This is some like Disney level. Just a little sketch I was drawing while I was waiting for the kids to come out of what? <laughs> Be mad detail. It'd be like it's like comic book level, like yeah. a, like anime level, right? Of drawing, mm-hmm. it's so good, and I'm just like, oh, just a little sketch. This guy, huh? multi talented. He be little, doing flips and shit. Just man. a little something. Damon Junior. is impressive, man. Yeah, absolutely. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, man, this guy right here, exactly. and he he's he's modest, like he's he's super like humble and like oh, low yeah. key, but it's just like you know. Uh, and I guess growing up in that family is just like, he's just like, yeah, I'm just family man McGee. Right. And they got a tortoise in the backyard. It's funny because like to us, it's like, oh, Damon, Damon Wayne Jr. Yeah. Like, you're very successful. He's like, yeah, but compared to the rest of my family. Man, it's just like, man, come on, man. <laughs> Bask in this real quick. And he's been steadily working. Oh, he he's the guy. Yeah. Like he's the guy for like a certain, like a, there's like a. I don't know if it's a niche. I don't know. There's like this category that I can't even name that he fits so perfectly in that there, it seems like they always go for him. Right. It's like, oh, get get Damon Wayne Jr. on the phone. Because the good one. thing about Damon Wayne Jr. is he has the looks. He has the comedic timing. Mm-hmm. He has that, you know, he can cross over because, you know, he's just, he feels approachable. He feels, you know, 
the white audience can get comfortable with him. You know, he has the voice that's not oh, too, yeah. you know. Well, it's not hey. too anything. Right. So it's just <laughs> like. It's very sweet. So it's just like all of that plays into like, yeah, man, we can, we want him in our homes or like, yeah. you know, in the, in the movies or whatever. And so that's just dope to see. Because he has that, that Wayne's voice. Yes. Yes. And so, you know, you can hear, you can hear his dad in his voice. Absolutely. And because uh, I was thinking about my favorite Damon Wayans movie is The Last Boy Scout. And I was just thinking oh, yeah. about, <laughs> I was thinking about Damon in that movie. And just when he was talking, he's like, that's Marcone. And Bruce Willis looked at him like, I know that. And he was just like, <laughs> and I was just like, man, this movie don't get enough credit. Um, but yeah, so I'm excited about the project. Um, huge fans of both of them. And I hope it goes on for eight goddamn seasons. Seven, eight, hundred episodes. However long Big Damon want to do it. Because I know he'll be like, man, fuck this. <laughs> I hope know. it does. I hope it's really good. Like, yeah. And I hope you are in it. Cause I would love to just roll up. Just random shit. Let me be, I'm going to be a nervous bitch on set. He's a uh. demon. <laughs> Come on, man. You funny, bro. Come on, man. Um, I do. I do want to talk about yesterday was Indigenous Peoples Day. Ah, yeah. And um, I want to talk about something specific though uh-huh. to Indigenous Peoples Day. I want to talk about a tribe, because uh, I looked at this map and there's this this world map um, where you can look up where you are right now mm-hmm. and see what tribe. Was like, there? Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. I sent it to you. I sent you the link. Just now? Yeah. Well, this was earlier today. I was oh, hoping shit. to click it and have the conversation with me. But um, so I looked up uh, the tribe that, you know, resided in Brooklyn. And it just so happens to be called the Canarsie tribe. Canarsie. But there's multiple tribes. But uh-huh. that the Canarsie stood out to me. One, because Canarsie, mm-hmm. Brooklyn, like. That's very much a place. And two, their story is low-key hilarious to me. Um, It's not that funny, but it's funny enough that... So the Canarsie tribe, they were, like, all over, like, Long Island, like, all over, like, the island of, you know, Manhattan. and Mm -hmm. Well, mostly, they were in the lower half of Manhattan, all of Long Island, throughout, with multiple other tribes. But they only resided, and they only really owned quote-unquote owned the lower half of manhattan Uh but the dutch did not know that right so they sold all of manhattan the entire island to this guy named peter minuit for 24 dollars in 1639 but they never told the dutch that the rest of the island was hunting grounds for other tribes Oh, shit. <laughs> so here they are thinking, oh, this is my shit. And here's these other tribes. Like, who the fuck are you? Like, who the fuck are you? Yeah. We bought this. Man. You can't buy this. You know what I mean? And it was just like a whole thing. I mean, unfortunately, we all know how it ends. Right. But it's just mad funny that they was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just give me. Yeah, the whole thing is yours. Just give me the money. Damn. And that's, that's the first scam 
24 of a hours. Brooklyn <laughs> of Manhattan, pretty much, which is all of New York. That was the first scam ever done in New York. One of many, because scammers crazy. every day are born in New York. All right, I, I queued up the map. Okay, did you look up Wait, Chicago? Chicago? There's mad, there's a whole is bunch. Is there an interactive map? Yeah, here, I'm going to send it to you. Because uh, I clicked on that thing. I'm trying to find the map. I got rid of the map so I could look up sockeye. Sockeye. Salmon. Tide-eyed lobster bibs. <laughs> All right, let's see. Check oh. out their website. Our mission about importance of land. Yeah, I got you. Impact. It's the birth of a scammer. Shout out to the Canarsie tribe. Canarsie. <laughs> Boom, okay. Go to the map, man. Oh, shit. The map. Where we at right now, man? Dang. All right, let me look at Chicago. Yeah, Chicago has a bunch. I was just like, oh, snap. Chicago. Search. All right, let me see. Wait, would would we be able to... Oh. Put a link to this map uh, in the YouTube, like for when we post it. Some. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. All right. So it's going to be in the description if you want to see what tribe lived. These tribes are hard to see. I know. Lived in your area. But I'm going to put it in the Patreon chat right now. Yeah, the Peoria tribe. Peoria, Illinois. Wow, that's dope. I'm gonna be messing with this for a while. Man. I know you are. <laughs> I'm all in. If there's one thing I know is this is all oh, you, man. man. Interactive be... maps. And it's, and then you get to like look up the different tribes and see what they right. did. Just like learning about the Canarsie is like, wait, I want to know more about these other tribes right. throughout New York, Dang. especially since New York ended up being like what it is today, right. and it's such an important part of history. It's just like, all right, what else they got for me? There's got to be so much that went down there. Man, for sure. New York, man. It's the biggest city in America. It's crazy. It's crazy. Shout out to uh, Tito Puente. Yeah. Google gave him a shout out. If you go to Google right now, they're celebrating Tito Puente. That's when you know you're doing something. When Google give you a, a nice little highlight. Because everybody go to Google. Everyone. And so they're going to see Tito living his best life when you go to Google. I noticed that last night. I was like, oh, look who it is. Yeah, my my dad, he snuck into so many Tito Puentes. Like, st- he he was cool with them. There's mad pictures of, of yeah. them together. And uh, Tito was like a huge part of my existence. That's dope. Like a huge part. Like, I remember when he died, I was like, between him and Celia, when Celia Cruz died... Me and my grandmother were sitting on the bed watching TV, like watching the news about it, just in tears. Oh, for real? Just in tears. Like, oh, Celia. And like, and Tito was the same way. Like, it was just like, damn, that shit is like. You cried? I don't know if I died. I mean, if I died. If I cried when Tito, I I might have died a little bit, actually, (laughs) on the inside when he did. But um, it was definitely like, damn. Yeah. And it was it was definitely talked about a lot. Um, and then my father's a percussionist. So, like, 
that made it even more of like, damn, like. Did you I tell your dad, I'm sorry for your loss? Yes. You did? Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Because that was, that's a major part yeah. of his existence as well. Literally, sorry, my father's like, like percussion percussion mcgee is what you would call yeah. it and i've learned how to play like the congas timbales um all of that because of him and he always had it in the house like mm -hmm. always so like yeah it, what did he say Do you remember what so, he say oh, yeah, oh mommy yeah mommy <laughs> you know my dad be saying oh yes man. <laughs> i gotta call my dad back while i'm on here like because people love that yeah they People, did. They did. He came in hot. Man, I'm telling you, man, your dad. My dad. He got stage presence. He does. And I caught him off guard when I called him mm, that day. He was ready. He was he like, was oh, like, oh. He popped his collar. <laughs> he said, he turned his hat backwards. Yeah. He was like, like, we're here in New York. He almost said <laughs> in America. <laughs> man. <laughs> My father's funny. Trying to get him out here as a task. Man, I'm, I think if I just buy him a plane ticket. Ain't no guarantee. There is no guarantee. You're just going to get your feelings hurt because you didn't wasted your money on the plane ticket. You got to. <laughs> yeah, would the barge made that song? Huh? Would the barge make that, made that song? Which no song? guarantee? Oh, Chico. Chico, that's what it was. No guarantee. Was no guarantee. I think that was him and Joe. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I got a question from Ashley J87. What's up, Ash? Uh, Tony and Sabrina, when you go to the movies, do you prefer a full movie theater, half full, or to have the movie theater to yourself? Um, it depends on what I'm watching. I'm not a big fan of sitting next to strangers that intimately. I would just like a, a one-seat buffer between me and the stranger. Um, but I love the energy of a full house. Like, if we're watching a movie... And I just love the energy of like group laughter, you know, um, a good action scene, some applause at the end, the excitement. Like if it's a comic book movie, I like it when people be like, yeah, like when it starts to come on, you feel that energy. So I really like a packed house, but I don't necessarily like sitting next to strangers that close. I love going as a group of friends and we all know each other and we sit together. I love that. I love that. But, you know. Too empty, it's kind of creepy. Um, especially because I like to sit in the middle. So it's just like, you know, who's sitting behind? Like, you know what I'm saying? The look back or just the, I don't know, it's something creepy about an empty theater. <laughs> Remember the other day we went to go see Smile and somebody walked behind you and like oh, a, yeah. a like, certain part. Oh, yeah. What the fuck's going on <laughs> here? freaked out. Yeah, they were just walking. <laughs> like, well, you, what, where are you going? <laughs> He freaked out the and way then, he turned around. I'm like, oh, yeah, what's happening? I'm like, what, man, what's going on here? So I'm not really a fan of an empty theater, and I've been in theaters where it's just been like me, literally just me in the theater. And I'm just like, it's a little weird. So I like people in there. Uh, what you prefer? Um, it depends on where I'm sitting. To be honest, mm -hmm. I prefer and empty-ish yeah. theater uh, if it's just like a regular ass movie mm -hmm. and I can sit like in the middle. Um, I only really prefer a packed movie when it's a Marvel film yeah. because there's certain parts that like I feel like hit harder when the whole audience reacts. Yeah. Um, like when 
like the 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 scene with Thanos getting hit with the Captain America shield and oh, the yeah. whole theater oh, exploded. God. That was just And I was like, oh. <laughs> that that was it was like you were at a sporting event. Yes, it was so good. It was that was crazy. Like, you know, I haven't been to a theater with that much excitement in like a long ass time. And it was just like when they were walking through the portals and when yes. you found out Captain America had the the hammer. When the hammer lifted up. Oh yeah, the hammer, that's what it was. And it went back into Captain America's hands. They went ape shit. Yeah. It was just like, oh. it was just, and I was just like, man, this is incredible. Um, and they were they were super hyped for No Way Home too, Spider Man. Mm-hmm. When Tobey Maguire showed up and Andrew Garfield, yes. it was just like that. That excitement right there is just it just adds to the movie. You just yes, it's just fire. And I feel like I feel like movie theaters back in the eighties were more hyped. 80s and early 90s than they are now. I feel like everybody too cool for school now. But man, man, I, but I don't, I don't feel that way about Marvel movies because yeah. everyone in there doesn't. They, it's just, it's like, I know you don't like the word nerd, but it's a positive in this, in, in this context because fans. No, but I'm gonna say nerd because fans, fans still try to be cool. In my opinion, like sports fans still try to be kind of, I feel like there's so much excitement when you get to see something that you loved for so long as a kid come to life Mm. on screen that you just let all of that go. Like all of that care and that worry of like how you look and da da da. So when you see it, you, your reaction is so pure. Yeah. It's the little kid in you coming out and in a, like, it's tapping into your inner child and just letting it out, which is just so dope to me. That's when nerd comes in. It's a good time. I um, feel like this. I don't know what changed in movie theater culture because movie theaters used to be hype. Yeah. Non-comic books. This ain't even comic book movies. I remember watching the movie Stakeout with Richard <laughs> Dreyfuss and Emilio Estevez. <laughs> And there was a there was a sequence in that movie where he was just trying to escape out of the house without getting detected. And it was like everybody on the edge of their seat. They would do applause breaks on movies like Lethal Weapon, um, you know, uh, uh, Lost Boys, Bad Bo- the first Bad Boys. I remember the first Bad Boys when Martin when Martin called the crib. Remember there was a time because remember if you remember the storyline of Bad Boys, they they had switched identities. So Martin was supposed to be Mike Lowry, and Mike Mike was just gonna be Marcus. And so Mike, the real Mike Lowry, was at Marcus's house with his wife or whatever. So Martin Lawrence calls the crib, <laughs> and you know the wife is answering the phone. And they looking at they looking at pictures of young Martin in high school. And then they on the phone fumbling close together. And she's like, no, Mike, put it back in. Talking about the picture. <laughs> the picture, yeah. And Martin's like, mother. And the audience erupted with laughter, like, <laughs> during that whole, like, sequence. And I, I just feel like, I feel like now everybody's just trying to be too polite and trying not to, you know. Because they used to say, like, black folks in the movie theater, it was like, it was loud and noisy in there. That was a real thing. And I miss that, honestly. 
Like, I miss missing some dialogue. I remember how hyped the movie theater was for Harlem Nights mm-hmm. at the Evergreen Plaza in Chicago, opening night, opening weekend. Them jokes was flying off. That audience was losing their goddamn mind. And it was just like, I feel like I don't get those experiences anymore unless it's like a comic book movie. And even then, people still feel timid to really go off. It'd be like a little quick, yeah, yeah, but, you know. And so I feel like the movie theater climate has changed to Mm -hmm. where everybody wants to just sit there and be quiet. I'm like, it's corny, man. Give give in to the excitement of what you're watching. Yeah. You know, let it happen. Let it flow. Yeah, we might miss some dialogue, but we'll be all right. We'll go back and watch it again. And we'll be like, oh, that's what they said. But that energy, that just makes the movies even better, in my opinion. It does, because it makes everyone really get into it. Like, whatever the energy is, if it's laughter, good times, right. everybody has... It's, it's an infectious energy. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you're gonna feel it. Even if it's angry. It's right. like, man... Fuck this. Yeah. And you'd be like, man, I miss those energetic audiences. Now everybody yeah. be sitting there taking it. Like, you seen it all, huh? <laughs> um, do you think you do you think it's because back in the day they weren't oversaturated with entertainment and now we're just so oversaturated with entertainment that nothing really like impresses us or the new generation uh as much? And it's no there's no more excitement. Like it was like such an exciting thing. But now yeah. we have movies at the palm of our fucking hands. We do. And so it's like, it's like, I, yeah, I've, I've seen cooler. But like now you really, like back then you had to go and seek it. Yeah. You, you did, had to go to the movie theater. Yeah. You and, had and, to go. Yeah. And if you're going, that means that you're, you're into yeah. it. You're in. You're like, I got to see this. Some like, people, no, but now we are in a time where it's like, I just need something for background. Yeah. And they'll just throw something on. Or it's like, mm-hmm. well, I guess I'll watch this just to pass right. the time. So it's no longer like the excitement. With some movies. Yeah. So I feel like that excitement is lost because of accessibility. We're just, it's everything's access, accessible. Oversaturated. Oversaturated. It's like, it's like how I feel about the Las Vegas comedy audience. Right. It's like, you know, they'd be cool, but it'd be like, because they got all the entertainment there. I don't know what it is, but I want it to go back to where it was. Be hype, man. Get excited. Um, Last question, then we out of here. Shannon asks, what are the most overrated and underrated hand gestures in hip-hop that's funny (laughs) the most overrated and underrated hand gestures pistol hands is just we we done we done with the the pistol hands you know what i'm saying how how long how much longer we doing this you know what i'm saying oh yeah Pew, pew, Does pew. the I thought you were gonna say the uh, the money to your ear? Oh, I but, thought because is that a hand gesture though? Because I, I don't didn't know. consider it a hand gesture. Like I remember you was upset about that. To me, that is the most overrated, overused. The money stack to the ear and just holding stacks of money. I'm done. I'm done. That's the corniest shit of all time to me. It's corny. I'm sorry, thugs. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, yo. It's corny. I'm sorry, thugs. It's corny, man. Clip this, man. Money stacks is corny. We know, we know you getting money. We know you getting money. Everybody getting money, man. Not everybody, but everybody getting money. Sir. We don't need to see the stacks. We don't, don't hold it up to your ear. You're not on the phone. Money don't be calling you, man. Money ain't calling you. How you doing today? How was work? Come on, man. Who you you ain't talking to nobody, man. Enough with the money stacks. 
It's unsanitary, man. A lot of bills be dirty, but if you get them crisp 100s, though, they, I haven't seen a raggedy $100 bill. I've never seen that. They're usually in good shape. Yo, what? They're usually in good shape. That's crazy. Uh, what if there was a movie, right, where a rapper does the whole rap hands thing but uh-huh. unlocks every president that is inside that stack and now they're haunted by all these presidents and now they have to go through their rap career with the president like speak speak about the uh the proclamation oh. <laughs> the proclamation and now this rapper is trying to get other rappers to not do it stop doing it it unlocks it the, unlocks it unlocks the rap the spirits the, of the whoever's in that stack yes. is going it's going to be Benjamin Franklin. Oh, yeah, and then there's Benjamin Franklin, who's not a president. Yeah. It's going to be Benjamin Franklin. He's going to be just talking. Just like, yep. you know, so I find it that. He's <laughs> just flipping the light switch on and off. If there's some he's... fives and ones in there, it's going to be George. It's going to yep. be Abraham. <laughs> it's going to be Andrew Jackson. Of course. Stop doing it, y'all. <laughs> uh, what else is a common hand gesture? I don't know. I don't know. Are they still doing this? Middle finger. Oh, the flip off. This? Why are you flipping this off, man? Hey, man. <laughs> My bad. I flipped y'all off in this. Why are y'all doing this in pictures and rap videos? Why, why, why are we getting disrespected as the audience? You know what I'm saying? You flipping, flipping everybody off? Why are we doing this, man? I'm offended, man. I was just, I was just coming just to see the video. I, I didn't expect this. You know what I'm saying? The middle fingers is overused. What's underrated? <laughs> hands, hands in your pocket the whole time. Oh snap! <laughs> That's some skill. Who raps like that? The hand rub oh. is overused. They be like, when <laughs> <laughs> the video coming on, yeah, out here, they always do the hand rub before they begin. You know what I'm saying? I remember Paul Wall, when they figure out what I'm worth, he did the hand rub. But the hand rub is funny to me. I can always I can always get a good laugh at the hand rub. The money stack is what pisses me off like royally. But this is funny when I see it. Or the prayer hands or whatever. So we got the fake pistols, the hand rub, the money stack. They be, they be saluting in videos. They be like, salute. But you got to do something with your hands. You got to do something with your hands. As a rapper, them hands got to be doing something. Hands in your pocket the whole video, you a serial killer. So it's tough. You just be like, you know, and that's my joke that I do on stage about like taking pictures with people. Like men, we we panic about what, what we doing with our hands. Like what do we... That's our biggest, like, women, you care about how you look. This this angle makes me look fat. You know, bring the camera up high. My outfit, make sure you get the ensemble. Dude, we be like, the hands, man. I don't know what to do with these things in this picture. That's our biggest anxiety point when we take photos, the hands. We got to do something with these shits. Peace. You know, this guy. You know, it's just this guy. You know, just in case you don't know who I'm standing next to, it's, it's this guy right here. Peace. No emotion on the peace. The hands are a major part. You know what I'm saying? Um, <laughs> Yo, uh, 
Shout out to Despot, who's a rapper who has a, I feel like it's a song called Rap Hands. Mm. Or it might be, he might mention it in his song, Crap Artist. Um, but yeah, he he used to talk about rap hands all the time. Rap hands, man. And <laughs> they got to they gotta be doing something. You got to be doing something as a rapper. Right. You got to be doing something with your hands it's just, every I don't, time. I don't trust anybody who raps and can be still when they're rapping. Man. It's if you at the microphone and you're not like move, like moving a little bit or doing something with your hands, right. and I, I, you ain't feeling it for real. They be like, you be stiff and just sitting in the chair stiff, and uh, that's what I need the rappers to stop doing. Stop sitting down and rapping. Stand up. Get oh, back man. in the booth. You be next to the engineer the whole time. <laughs> Get that, back in the booth. <laughs> does that translate into comedy too? What? If you're sitting and just telling jokes, I, Dave Chappelle started doing that. That's a lot of comedians just sit. Corey Holcomb just sits. Clayton Thomas sits now. Oh, yeah, Clayton. Um, there's a few. Comedians that just sit and do the jokes. I think one of the most underrated hand rapper hands to me are the Bone Thug hands. Oh, Crazy Bone! You do that all the time. So they they just be rapping and they do this. These are the hands I can never get tired of because it, it it fits with the with the cadence that they use. It was just a it was just a good look. It looked it, it looked clean. It looked uniform. November, December, the first of the month, and they just be doing this, and they just be the straight, the straight hand, pinky slightly elevated. Is Snoop Dogg do something similar to that? I feel like. Huh? Who does, or does it? it? Or is his hand closed? I don't know. Like Snoop Dogg, I feel like he did something. Similar. Snoop Dogg had that hand too. Snoop Dogg had the hand like this, and it was just basic straight hand coming in with the raps. He would have a might have a cup in his hand, but just a hand. Hand wasn't doing too much, but it was in the mix. You know what I'm saying? Great question, though, by the way. Uh, let's get the hell up out of here, man. We are hour and 30 in. This is too long, man. I'm getting the hell up out of here, man. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, shout out to the Chatsworth in here. Shout out to these uh, great questions y'all are asking and, and pulling up and being a part of it. I appreciate y'all. Love y'all passionately in the shower. Uh, I'll be coming to your city. Go to my Instagram. Check out my fall and winter schedule so far. I got Buffalo, I got Cleveland, I got Tampa, I got Phoenix, I got Virginia Beach, and I got Houston. Pull up. Pay attention to my posts, y'all. There'd be too many of y'all surprised when I say, I'm coming to Cleveland. You coming to Cleveland? Yes. I posted the schedule. Or my favorites when you were already there. Oh, my God. You were here? Oh, yes. my God. Because I'd be promoting, and I got to promote yet again for six more cities this year so please pay attention uh i appreciate y'all um thank y'all stay tuned for gross point bake that's coming up uh those new episodes drop every tuesday new verbal cardio every wednesday new daddy issues every thursday man pull up we out here